All right, the stage is set. These heroes and villains and anti-heroes and sort of kind of good bad guys. I mean, they're not really villains, but they're not exactly good, but they're certainly not heroes. Anyway, they're all going to fight each other. We're talking about DC versus Marvel issues three and four. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to your new favorite podcast. My name is Drew. Joining me is Miles. This is The More You Nerd. I forgot to say the name of it, but you already knew the name because you've been listening to it for years now. And here we go talking about maybe something that's a little surprising, Miles, because, you know, you set this challenge up and I didn't I didn't go back behind you and and sort of uh I didn't, I didn't double check you because I don't double check you. You're my buddy. I, I believe in you and your abilities. And here we go to find out that, well, between issues three and four of this book, we've got a pretty massive jump in time and content. Well, so here's the thing. Um, one, I wasn't going to have you read 24 comics in between issues three and four. And two, not a single one of them mattered to the story whatsoever (laughs) there is only one thing that matters and i will get to it when we get to it in the meantime let's set the stage so in the last uh issue that we read marvel is losing to dc two to one uh we have aquaman has defeated namor uh, wally west the flash has defeated quicksilver but Mm -hmm. Uh, uh, what was the Marvel one that won? Uh, Thor has defeated Captain Marvel, AKA Shazam. I'm not sure what to call him anymore. It's, it's so funny. I've, uh, since posting the first episode, I've had, uh, more than a couple people comment on how much they hate Thor's outfit. It's bad. It is bad. I I think, I think for the show, Mike Selinker (laughs) of Lone Shark Games uh, (laughs) talked about how bad that costume was. And I haven't, we hadn't heard from Mike in a while, so I was a little surprised. Yeah. Um, if you're listening, Mike, thanks for, thanks for, uh, responding. Yeah. Uh, it's a bad, bad costume. And Thor is in a weird spot for multiple reasons in these issues that I absolutely love. Uh, so as we, as we get down to it, we get this issue and this must have been, I I don't know. Oh, I also noticed the, the, the issues three and four are Marvel versus DC instead of DC versus Marvel. Correct. Uh, the way they kind of split this down the middle. And again, as we said last week, there wasn't so much of a I guess they did legal... every I guess they did it every other because they just swapped whoever. Yeah, came there first. wasn't there wasn't as much a, a legal who do that that would would involve doing one of these crossovers now. So they just said down the middle, you know, half Marvel, half DC. And that's that's how they did. That's how they did the amalgam as well. Uh, 12 comics were, quote unquote, DC comics and 12 were, quote unquote, Marvel comics. I'm holding a a trade paperback of uh, the return to Amalgam Age or Amalgam Age of Comics, the Marvel Comics collection. So they they split all of this pretty much down the middle. It is it is not. It was a different time. So they really more or less had to say, hey, do you want to do this? Yes. Okay. cool. And that's that's the way things went. Um, I I believe now you'd have so many facets in a crossover that, that like this that it would probably make a lawyer's head spin. Probably so. So in like, the, imagine trying to do like JLA Avengers now. Oh, we're going to talk and about the rights that. For all of those characters. <laughs> well, well, we're, we're going to say rights be damned. And we're going to talk about that next week. Spoiler warning. Oh, for the 100%, end of this show. 100%. But that, that's a that's a comic that happened. And I can't imagine trying to do that now. Yeah, for sure. So with that said, let's get into it as this opens up with a little, uh, a little recap of what's going on with Jubilee writing in her yes, diary, like every uh, 1990s teenage girl stereotype writing in a diary. 
Oh, I mean, every, I mean, Babysitter's Club, Party of Five, My So-Called Life. If you were a, a teen girl protagonist of worth your salt at all, you were writing your diary. Uh, and we get this wonderful splash page of all of the heroes that are kind of kind of similar uh, uh, going out against each other uh, and, and actually working alongside each other. It, it's it's kind of it's kind of fun. You see Thanos and Darkseid, uh, uh, you know, glaring down at each other. You have Superboy and Spider-Man kind of you know swinging around and you have Hawkeye and Speedy <laughs> and what I'm assuming in the very middle are Black Widow and Black Canary? I, uh, I would have to take a look at the page. What I find interesting about this particular issue, because we, we know that, you know, the, the writing duties were, were split, that in, with issue three, they felt the need to recap everything. I mean, the the they they spent about four, three or four pages recapping the entire half of the miniseries thus far, and I have I have some, you know, ideas about that. One, I I think that they weren't sure that people were buying every issue, and a lot of comics at this time were sold at grocery stores and newsstands and your 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 mom and pop comic sh or, or a bookstore, and it wasn't just a specialty store or maybe. A big box has a couple comics. Not not as many people had pull lists in their in their local store, that sort of thing. Well, yeah, but I mean, you could go you could go to a newsstand or someplace that sold newspapers and they would have a couple comics. So if you have and especially your grocery stores, I remember buying a whole slew of the Grant Morrison JLA books from a, from a, a, a bylo here hmm. before a beach trip one time. So. These were comics that were also going to be put into someone's hands that may not have read the last couple issues. And so they were smart in kind of at the halfway point, basically retelling you the story. And they do this even if you aren't familiar. They don't they don't expect the, the reader to be familiar with every character, which is why we have some very stilted dialogue where. They're explaining what is happening and what their power set is. <laughs> <laughs> and, then, and in fact, that gets us to our first fight, which is Robin, Tim Drake versus Jubilee. And I got to say, Miles, I was a little surprised <laughs> because I didn't expect this fight to actually happen. But they went and did it. And well, neither did Tim. Tim Tim made sure this fight did not happen. <laughs> That's a very good point. But it was very interesting to see Jubilee, who I don't know what her character history is at this point. I do know I, what I know of Jubilee. I know from the uh, the cartoon series. The cartoon. But so I, all that stuff had happened and Generation X had been uh, running for about a year. But I have to say, as I as I look at this, I'm just thinking. There's no way the Jubilee with even with her powers is going to defeat Tim Drake. And wouldn't you know it, right. he ties her up without... <laughs> he tricks her and ties her up and wins the fight and still says he's <laughs> sorry. It, it's very sweet, and I love these characters more than most characters in fiction. I think that's been well-documented in, in this show. I still can't go over how goofy this, this whole thing is, this whole fight is. Like, I love they put these two characters together. It is... It makes me so happy. I love what happens. I still just can't believe this. This made it to DC versus Marvel, the yeah. crossover. Look, you know? I mean, the, these characters like they were really pushing Jubilee right now, and and uh, and Tim Drake, Tim Drake too. The, his solo book did very well at this time, and you know, and it works, and it works in the way that you would expect it to work. I like it. I think they're still they're still charming. I'm surprised they weren't making out by the end of it. Um, although, well, they did. They had I, a little kissy kiss beforehand, and then and then there's the implications. There's at there, the end of it. There were some implications. As she's, there were some implications we're not going to talk about from uh, basically two 15 year olds who are unsupervised <laughs> and some rope. Um, uh, <laughs> but, but I do love the reluctance. The, this 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 comes through with a lot of the fights that are from the pure heroes. I love the reluctance amongst amongst most most of them to fight. I love that it fits 
who their character is supposed to be. And it's a through thread almost through this entire issue until you get to more of the anti-heroes. But I will say, and this is a big complaint, a lot of these fights are... They're, they're abridged. And I, th I think one that got... The, the the worst of it was Green Lantern Silver Surfer. Yes. So let's talk about this. This is maybe the most the most disappointing fight in it the, looks the book. Cool. Because well, I have some some there is some some 90s drawings. Like I'm not sure that humans have the amount of muscles that Kyle Rayner has. hundred oh, percent. Remember, Kyle Rayner was a comic book artist. Yeah, and and this dude is rocking like an a artist. like a fourteen pack. It's ridiculous. But if you look at what the 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 things he's making, he's got like this gigantic space bug, and he's got a bunch of stuff. He's he's got what looks like uh, the video game Joust uh, because with the like the space ostrich kind of thing yeah. that he's got going, and he and he and the Silver Surfer and the, they've apparently worked together before, which I I I'm sure yes, was it there, was it an was, older comic. There was a crossover between the two. Um, I want to say probably the year before. Um, it was it was fine. And uh, and they just you see the two of them charging at each other, and I'm sure this is one of those pieces where they had two different panels created depending on how they wanted it to go and silver surfer wins that's yeah it. they just charge i i love i love the look of this wild uh night that that kyle rayner creates and it just reminds you of a line that grant morrison wrote for him the first issues of jla where he calls himself a manga nut with a power ring and yeah that is very clear. <laughs> uh, and, and, um, and, and speaking of muscles, let's look at Silver Surfer here. <laughs> yeah, but at least Silver Surfer's an alien. Like he could look like that because he's an alien. I, I guess. Um, and then we and then we go to another very very short, very forgettable, and very why are we here fight between Electra and Catwoman. Yeah. So I don't I don't think that I called this one, Miles. Uh, at the end of, of last episode. Um, I'm pretty sure I called I this wrong. What you said, I thought you, I thought you said Electra for some reason. I may have, because I figured that because uh, she was probably big at the time and that, uh, somebody will have to, to text us or text us, tweet us and tell us what I actually said. Cause I'm too lazy to go back and listen. But, uh, I think I probably said the Catwoman yeah, probably at the time. Electra's really popular at the time. Catwoman, probably not as popular at this point. She was popular. She had her own book, um, but she wasn't being written consistently. This is she was this still is kind of being purple, written. Purple bodysuit Catwoman era. It wasn't when she was yeah. in all black, you know, inspired by pre previous stuff. They they were writing her extremely inconsistently, inconsistently throughout the 90s. Uh, but she always was kind of a little bit more of an antihero. Like she was a thief and she often like, you know, teased the uh, Bat family a lot. But she was. You know. On her way to being the character that we know. Yeah, and I got to say the art for this, this is definitely the mid 90s when it comes to drawing female comic book characters in angles and proportions. Yeah. It's, yeah. It, it, this fight is exactly what I, I thought it would. And I kind of hoped it hadn't been. And th following this, we get the whole, like the well-written, but erroneously drawn scene between Peter and Lois, because the, the actual dialogue between the characters is perfectly fine, funny, light and harmless. But when you look at the art that corresponds, especially the way Peter looks at Lois, it's, intense it's super intense for that one panel and then everything else is like <laughs> i don't know i always uh, the super mullet is always a weird look to me and 
It's just so strange. Well, that's what we're leading into Clark being this big dude. This is a scene that I specifically remember from this crossover is like, I'm engaged to me. Oh, oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Jeez. Oh, God, squash. Uh, Clark, you could squash me like a bug. And also, he's still going by Peter. I, I know that they set up in the first issue that he goes by Peter Parker professionally, but his name is Ben. It seems like if anybody would remember that, it would be Clark Kent and Lois Lane. <laughs> I don't know. It's really, really strange. Uh, uh, I know why yeah, they it, did it, but I actually, I, I, I think that moment was very funny. I liked a lot of this, um, and I like that you know they set up. Oh, you know, the Hulk and Metello are fighting downtown. <laughs> so we get we. I know they're continually talking about like these other things that are going on, and then we get to. I feel like the weakest part of this entire mini series, which is the explanations of what's going on, uh, where you have, uh, geez, uh, his name's access, but was it, um, Asher or, um, uh, Axel Asher. Yeah. Axel Asher, who I, I'm trying to think about how to say this without, it sounding weird, but um, let's get weird, baby. Yeah, this character changes race between panels in this book constantly. Yep. Is that on purpose? Um, part of, I think I, I I I think if you ask someone now, they would say yes, but I don't know. Um, I I really I really don't. And this character is not one that has been around so much. There was a miniseries that took place after this, and I believe he was supposed to reside in the Marvel Universe for a little bit, but he's mostly been forgotten. Um, yeah. That which, tracks. you know, I mean, that I, for, for good reason. I mean, if, if your whole thing is that you can pop up between universes and you don't have access to those universes, what good character? Uh, yeah, no, that's that's absolutely so, it. So there, 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 there's this whole this whole thing about, you know, he has this Yoda moment with the the prior caretaker of this box of energy that is containing the energy of the universe for, for lack of a better ex- explanation. And they go into a large info dump where he gets his his code name. It's all very silly and perfectly fine. I I don't I don't hate it, but my problem is these pages are taking away from the main events. And I know they have to exist. And you know, specifically that this character is going to be the, for like, it's weird because I don't often like the term Mary Sue when it's used in, in characters. Cause I think it's often used inappropriately, but when you have a character Correct. like this, you know this character is going to come around to be the answer to what happens in the story and they will never be seen again. So I don't know. I'm not I'm not a huge fan of that uh, uh, because I would well, rather it's like it's like these characters are basically a shard of the brothers is is how they've been explained. And it's it's poorly explained. And again, I think this is indicative of it being a four issue miniseries. I think that was a huge misstep on the creative team's site because i think that this needed to at least be six issues i know i said that i want it to be kind of like 10 or 12 but when you have two full pages i know that doesn't sound like much but two full pages taking up space from they're they're fitting in all of the fights in this book and so all of your all of your page real estate in in this book is very, very valuable. And even though this, this at the time was a, a little bit of an oversized book for the time in terms of how long it was, and it's like around 40 pages, um, which is big. It still feels very short because, you know, we, we next get the Wolverine Lobo match, which is three pages long. Yeah. And no splashes, three, three single pages long. And I guess Wolverine wins. I can't tell, I suppose. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and, and yeah, I mean, 
and and you can see from from how it was drawn that he's supposed to kind of have the the bone claws at the time and i mean it, i know a lot of people were like oh no there's no way uh wolverine would beat uh lobo which i'm like man i've seen wolverine beat worse i i do think that this this fight should have been a little bit more in depth and possibly maybe one of the more intense fights in this this crossover. I mean, they're how, both, you know, extreme with two X's characters. How I would have done it is have have a page of the Wolverine Lobo fight throughout the book so that it makes it seem like the fight is happening for a very long time. Because you have Wolverine, I think that is a great idea. Who has a healing factor? You have Lobo that's got a healing factor, and you you know you you move the fight along so where where it looks like it's in different places or there you know something else is happening. I don't know. It's not as it's not as epic as I wanted it to be, and uh, you know it's kind of sad. And, and that's 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 really the general feeling about this this miniseries as a whole is. It's really cool, but it's not it's not it's not what you want it to be. And I think uh, one of the one of the greatest, uh, I think, proof of that is this next fight, because this sets up to be an awesomely epic fight. And it is, again, three single pages. We the last we left uh, Princess Diana of Themyscira, what the Wonder Woman, she has picked up the hammer of Thor and has gained and somehow lost more clothes <laughs> has gained Thorific powers. And in true Thor fashion has lost whatever clothing covered her midsection. <laughs> Cause nineties Thor going to nineties Thor uh, and gained a, a, a metal thong. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's just, it's a poor design choice. I think like the, the, um, Changing the tiara to like the, the typical Thor helm was very cool. I like the cape. I, there's I, there are some cool concept here. I love. I also love the idea that again that Diana can wield the hammer of Thor. It's great. I it's, think it's, that it's, is very it's, cool. It's perfect, and it's better. I think than other characters who could have picked it up, and I believe have picked it up. I know Superman probably picked it up at some point, but uh, but of course then she is 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 put upon to fight. Storm, the leader of the X-Men at this time, uh, goddess of the weather and lightning herself. Uh, and of course, Diana says, well, I could easily beat you with this, but that wouldn't be fair. And so she drops the hammer. Well, but also Storm says, perhaps, but I will not yield. Yeah, which is dope. It, I mean, the, both of these things are so like core to who these characters are like diana is not in a in a contest she doesn't want to be in going to take the easy route and especially coming up an, uh, against another warrior woman who, who even talks about how i've also been called a goddess um i i think she wants a fair fight and the so writing she lets, the, the writing uh, in the setup of the fight is very good the fight itself yes the fight itself is not nearly as good because Diana has given away the only thing that could <laughs> that could protect her from, I don't know, getting struck by lightning twice and the fight being over, because that's exactly what happens. She gets struck by lightning twice and the fight is over. This this is another one that I would love to take up for a, a good part of an issue. I think this this should have been a really great fight because it looks the way it's drawn. Well, there's a there's a, a large panel of of one woman being struck by lightning that I think is objectively bad. But the next panel with the rain falling on Diana's face and um, kind of her hair kind of being matted down and she's like, won't give up. And then Storm just goes, forgive me, sister, and blasts her again. And then you see this classic like silhouette of Storm carrying Diana. It's it's it's, it's a good set it's of a panels. good fight that needs a better presentation. It's a good set of panels and I really I really liked it. And and you know, it it bothers me that that fight is not as long or as drawn out as the next fight, which I think which is the longest fight in the entire the longest, series, I think. It's the longest fight so far. Actually, I will oh, the, the last fight is the longest fight in the series. But well, that's uh, true. That's true. But this one is Superboy 
versus Spider-Man. And it it goes about how I expected, because uh, uh, although it's funny, Spider-Man pulls Superboy's sunglasses off and dude looks a lot like Clark Kent. <laughs> looks a lot like Superman with those glasses off. It's, it was kind of a, a funny clone. thing. <laughs> I know he's a clone, but they they're not always drawn. <laughs> there's to a be reason. Per- <laughs> there's, there's a reason he looks like him. <laughs> Though they're not they're not always drawn to look as similar as they that, are. That's, that's very true. Uh, and of course, Spider-Man bips and bobs around and and is agile and and Superboy is not Superman, so he's not as fast. And uh, and of course, uh, somehow impact webbing knocks Superboy into an electrical outlet. And that's all it takes. Superboy uh, is flying towards Spider-Man. Spider-Man hits him with the impact webbing. He can't get out of it and smashes straight into the, the power generator and electrocutes himself. I wouldn't have taken out Superman, but I guess he is just a, a clone. clone. I don't no, know. It's not that it's that he remember. He's also half human. Oh yeah. He's, he's got, he's got he's he's half, he's half Superman and half Lex Luthor. That's right. I see. I, I I remember that from Young Justice being a reveal and didn't know whether that was a comic thing or not. Also from Titans. Oh, yeah. Forgot about that, too. Um, <laughs> um, but I, so I, need, I, I, I. I would have liked for the for other fights to get a little more time. I like this fight. I like these characters a lot, but. It what w- should it have kind of been the place set of of the book probably not well i, I think really the, think the last fight should have these are two characters that were i don't know whether they very, were very popular the, in 1996 were they very popular or were they trying to promote them to be very popular a little of both i mean superboy had a book that ran for over 100 issues that super leather jacket sunglasses superboy ran for more than 100 issues yeah um that, that, that's what I was telling you. And, and I mean, Tim Drake's book ran for almost 200. Yes, uh, Superboy ran from 94 to 2002. Wow. I think the last did he issue switch? might did have he, been 100. He must have switched to the black T-shirt at some point during that run. Because um, that, that's the that's the Superboy that I know as being popular is the one that is associated with that particular era of the Teen Titans when no, I mean, the, the, the last issue, Superboy didn't come, get to the black T-shirt until Teen Titans number one with Jeff Johns. And when was that? 2003? Wow. I think. Let, let me, let, I got to double check that. Um, yeah, yeah, please do. It well, might have been. I'll, I'll, I'll play a little. It looks this uh, very, very long, but now um, I am so, singing it. So Teen Titans, a kid's game was 2003, which is when the trade came out, which was one through seven. So, yeah, two, oh, number one was 2003. So, so, yeah, um, wow. There was there was three years in between these two books, because remember, he was also in Young Justice and he he maintained the glasses and leather jacket throughout all of young justice see i just wasn't until i only think of that look as like 1992 and i don't even know if he was introduced in 1992 wow it was the entire 90s even through 2000 wow what a time gang what we have all learned something today i know i have (laughs) the um I believe the impetus for him switching over was the Our Worlds at War crossover from Superman. Uh, there was Young Justice one shot that was serious because, like, some characters were supposed to have died, which is why Impulse got a little more serious because he, like, died for, like, I don't know, 30 seconds or whatever. And why he decided to slow down, read an entire library, and become Kid Flash. <laughs> and so Jeff Johns took these characters and matured them a little bit. Mm. Um Part part of that whole story was that uh, at at the time, uh, Connor Kent couldn't age. There was a there was some 
something with his cloning that went wrong to where he couldn't age at all. And I think by that time they'd either fixed it or something had happened to where he was aging a little bit. Eh, what do you know? What are you going to do? Um, but yeah, so but so these characters were popular. Ben Riley is a little more debatable because you have so many people now who talk about how much they love Ben Riley, but people were very split at the time. But Spider-Man was still very, very popular. So I think putting the two clones together was more the call than anything else. Yeah, Clone Squad. You know, we we know all about Clone Squad. Uh, so we the, we the next one is is still the wildest I, I think matchup for me. What? So we knew this is Superman versus the Hulk, and we know from from the the interviews how this fight ends. Um, the Hulk somehow not having as many muscles as Kyle Rayner uh <laughs> superman is the same way but there Bigger are some muscles th- there are some really fun uh fun things like we we are introduced to superman going to help the hulk defeat metallo and as he arrives mm-hmm. on the scene the hulk is using a statue of superman to fight metallo which is very funny to me uh and then they knock metallo out in one punch then they punch each other for a while and uh, Clark knocks the Hulk into a mountain and that's the end of the fight. It's, it's yeah, really, it's really just, simple. Yeah. I, uh, I understand Superman ha- has always been, I think, uh, well, maybe now notwithstanding more popular than, than the Hulk, but at least in the comic books. Sure. I mean, he's, you can make he's, the argument for, for the movies, but he's literally Superman. I mean, yeah the whole joke so the whole I, joke I, is that how do you the only way that you can make a good superman movie is by giving somebody as strong as superman or by depowering superman which is not true but you know the hulk isn't as strong as superman there's there's nothing to that superman just has to pick up the hulk and fly him to space and the fight is over and that's not even what they did well and what's wild is the the correct i think matchup between these two would to me would have been captain america because of their 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 mirrors of one another well and that and, and we'll get that but there's a reason why the amalgam is the way it was because clearly someone else thought yeah we need to put captain america and superman together yeah so well we'll get to that because here is where i think we have the strongest moment of this entire run and the final fight and this is where i want to go back to your idea this should have been happening throughout the entire book because they even because reference. of how, how they explain the fight. Yeah. Yeah. So this fight is Batman versus Captain America. Despite the fact that Captain America is a super soldier, both of them reference in this. Both of them are extremely respectful of each other. <laughs> Batman doesn't really. Pull they are. Any, Batman doesn't pull any tricks whatsoever. He doesn't like use any kind of you know, special gadget or whatever. They are legit just fighting. And and it's in the sewer and it's got some of the some of the best like staged art where where you see Batman take a hit and then he turns it around on Captain America and they're they're doing this stuff and and there's a gets to a point where Batman's like we've been at this for hours now we could do this until one of us just falls over from being too tired but we've got to figure out something else and this is really where these are the first two characters to have a conversation of why are we fighting, <laughs> which is a little yeah weird. And it's it's great because one, this is just an old school way of doing a fight, and I get why they're doing it because they're they're doing it because we don't know if you if you read Captain America or if you read Batman, so we're writing this for everybody, and they are basically just kind of talking their way through how they're thinking about things. And they even talk about their origins and why they are, you know, Batman and Captain America and why they are kind of the the tiebreaker for this this whole thing. Because I think at this point, everything's a tie. Uh, yeah, because Marvel because Marvel has won more than DC to this point, because, well, Robin beat Jubilee, but mm-hmm. Electra beat Catwoman. But Electra won. Uh, Silver Surfer won, Storm won, then Superman won, and Spider Man won. So you, yeah, you, I think they're, I think they're about even at this point because I think the whole idea was for it to all hinge on the Batman 
Captain America fight. And even though Batman technically wins, Batman gets lucky because they are in a sewer and the system was flushed out and it knocked Captain America over. Both yes, Captain America throws his mighty shield, but Batman chose to oppose his shield and did not yield because Captain America missed. But then Batman nails him in the brain with a uh, with a batarang, just brains the dude. You're you're good with that batarang you called it. When would Batman ever like announce his move? This is not Street Fighter. <laughs> He's not gonna be batarang, like, batarang, batarang. batarang. <laughs> um, yeah, this. I mean, this is the way I guess they had to do it. But I remember being a kid and I'm kind of like skimming over the fact that that Cap lost because it still looks like a, a very even fight. And to me, it was a circumstantial thing that knocked Captain America out, even though I am team Batman. No, it's, I don't it was, think it was not, it was, him. it was not circumstantial because both of them saw an opportunity. Cap failed to nail Batman with the shield, but Tang, it's right there I mean, on the frame. Tang, it is the the batarang hitting Captain America in the forehead. Captain America is going to have a a Wayne Industries marker right on his forehead for probably a week. Fair, fair enough. I just I also think that that fight was kind of underwhelming to, in a sense that like one, it, it is one of the longer fights that we get, but yeah. Something about it, possibly because it's in a sewer, I would have maybe wished it was like in the streets or in a yeah, warehouse. Well, like I like that Batman's skulking around at parts of it. It just I don't know. Something about the fight just doesn't feel as great. But 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 and then but then when the fight is over, Batman comes up for air as the sewer fills up, does not see Captain America, worried about the guy goes and saves Captain America because that's what Batman would do in this situation. Yes, I, I agree. And I also appreciate the fact that this is this is right after Batman comes back from the Jean-Paul Valley Batman. Oh, so, man, I didn't realize this bumped right up to that. I'm yeah, this so is 96. Gl- that happened in what, 94, 95. I'm so glad that Jean-Paul Valley wasn't Batman for this. <laughs> That would have been a very, very different <laughs> crossover. But so this is also Batman's a little bit the way he was written for a good part of the 90s before they kind of really dug into like Batman has to be a dick. I I like the 90s Batman because he's still Batman, but he's not as I think they they, they don't put an exclamation point on his his attitude problem. They, they I, so I like this- the way. At this point, he still has that tinge of the 60s Adam West, not necessarily the old chum part of things, but the the honorable like kind of this is how what we do, what we well, do. He still he still makes tough choices. and He still does some weird stuff. But I mean, they were writing Batman just a little differently. And it wasn't really until the 2000s that they cement this whole, you know, Batman's good at everything. Batman doesn't doesn't share anything. And like, that's simply not true. Uh, And I I kind of wish that we could get back to that Batman. To be honest, I'm I I think that certain people are good at writing Batman a certain way. I think the last person that honestly, the last person who really, really got Bruce right was Grant Morrison. Yes, but we've I had love that we we have had that conversation a thousand times on this podcast. That Grant right. Mor- that Grant Morrison I, is definitely my favorite Batman writer and <laughs> I I think might mine be too. yours. And yeah. I love I love Scott Snyder. I love Scott Snyder and I like most of his Batman arc. Um I think his biggest his biggest mistake was starting off with like one of the most definitive Batman stories a modern writer could do. Oh yeah, Scott, <laughs> Scott, Scott Snyder's biggest fault was starting with his best work. <laughs> but uh but yeah, that's... I mean and the thing is he had great stuff from then. I I I love the guy, but like 
he hit a grand slam his first at bat. Yeah. And, 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 <laughs> and so we should probably clarify for folks that don't know and folks that are just now just now listening to this. Um, Scott Snyder started with the new 52 run of Batman. He had written uh, some Dick Grayson Batman for mm-hmm. Detective Comics before then, but he became the Batman writer of so the main good. book uh, in the new 52. And he was responsible for creation of something called the Court of Owls and that whole storyline. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, that that uh, Greg Capullo did the art for uh, for his entire run. Uh, but. Uh, mm hmm. There were some issues. You had Becky Cloonan. You had uh, Jock. Ja. Ja you had a couple fill-in moments. If, I wasn't spot talking fill-ins. I'm talking kind of main, main, main deal. But uh, it had it is one of the greatest Batman stories of all time. It is something that is going to play out. It's been in. It's been on the Gotham TV show. It's been in. Uh, I love the Gotham TV show so much. Uh, it is. Uh, it's going to be a big part of the the upcoming Gotham Knights game. Yeah, it's 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 been it's been around. You've seen it. You if you've been to a con in the last ten years, you've somebody you've seen somebody dressed as a member of the Court of Owls. It's a very very cool look. Um, but anyway. Let's move on into this because we still yeah, have. A I, 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 I was mostly commenting on like I like that Batman's written the way he's written here. Yes, I agree. Uh, so now we have we have Cap and 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 Bruce and they're they they have emerged from the sewer in the alley where Access and the homeless guy are are doing whatever they're doing. Access decides he's going to do something, and then all of a sudden we see that the two brothers the big alien robot brothers, whatever they are, have merged into one. And we have now birthed the amalgam universe. We see. Yes. And you get uh, a couple images of, of these characters and what the amalgam universe did was quite, quite literally smashed two characters together. You have Dark Claw, who I would never have come up if you gave me all the time, <laughs> which is a an amalgam of Batman and Wolverine. That is not the avenue I would go. And I I don't. Drew feels, feels differently. I love the I, Dark Claw I, look. It's I, I think extra. It's the claws being like tipped like bat wings. It's ridiculous. It's so great. It's but even so great, but even on this splash page. So, so on this splash page that we get at the end, we have Dr. Doomside or Dr. Doomsday. That's it. That's what it is. Sorry. Dr. Which Doomsday. Yeah. Dr. Uh, Doom Dr. Do- Strange Fate. Uh, we've got Dr. Strange Fate. We've got uh, Amazon, who is the cross between Wonder Woman and Storm. We've got. Uh, uh, so I don't know some of these characters because they don't show up again in this run, but they probably show I up in the amount of some of these there's uh, a amalgam of nightcrawler and creeper um, oh, is that who there's that is? deadshot and bolt yeah, yeah. Uh, deadshot, deadshot and bullseye, bullseye. Which, is, which is good you've got craven and cheetah which is interesting which is great uh spider-man superboy which uh superboy or spider-boy had two separate uh comics i think on both both runs of the amalgam and so I want to take a moment because in the very first promotional shot that I ever saw of Spider-Verse, I think the initial sketch, they had put Spider-Boy in there because they had promised every spider ever. And then they eventually oh. took him out because they're like, we just, we can't just get the rights. Yeah, the, the, the legal logistics is I think they even said we think we can do it, but we also know that no one wants to have to worry about it. And which, that which will in, always bum me out. Which that it's a super bummer. Uh, he was not in uh, uh, Spider Geddon, the the Spider Verse follow up either. But uh, but last but not least, we have Super Soldier, who is the combination of Captain America and Superman that we always wanted. Yeah, Yay. and so uh, and it says next week, and this was between the issues they had the Amalgam Age of Comics, where they had a a run on a run a release of 12 comics that came out the next week that were these amalgams so you had like amazon and bruce wayne agent of shield or bullets and bracelets which which teamed up diana prince and frank castle saving their baby from granny goodness <laughs> what a run man golly <laughs> 
Yeah, so there there was some really fun stuff. Uh, and the reason I didn't have us do Amalgam is because there's so many things. And honestly, a single issue could possibly make an entire episode. And also, Amal- of, of, and, and, and also the- much like DC versus Marvel, Marvel versus DC, whatever you want to call it. It's it's tough, tough to find these comics. They're just not easily available right now through legal means. No. And and that's something that is, is tough is to, to do. Bummer. Uh, and so I will say, oh, go for it. Outside of maybe the beginning of this issue, there's not a lot to say about issue four. There really isn't. And I I've kind of want to speed through because I want to get I want to get to to yeah. kind of wrap this up. Um, so we start out. We've got Dark Claw, <laughs> Dark Claw and his his villain, his anti hero, his 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 arch nemesis, Hyena who is, well, if Batman is a combination or if Dark Claw is a combination of Batman and Wolverine, Hyena is a combination of Sabretooth and the Joker. And it's Joker. R- ridiculous. Also, Hyena does have grenades on his belt that look a little bit like goblin grenades, which I thought was funny, but that's not at all associated with and this. In, the, and in, in this bit, I'm sending this to Drew, um, you don't see Sparrow, who is literally Robin plus Jubilee, but that is his partner in the dark claw comics. That I'm going to have to look that up because everything I found of, of, of amalgam was like best of lists. Cause I saw that Cyclops has a, uh, has an amalgam character, but I didn't see who he was paired up with. Uh, yeah. Most of the X, but they had jail X and, um, X patrol, but they, I, I, I don't remember them very well. Uh, but I, 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 I loved, I loved the dark claw stuff. It, it, <laughs> it's just great. Um, but you have him and super soldier hunting down hyena. Uh, and, the, and this is maybe some of the best art in the entire run in this section, which it's is really good. It's, it's really detailed. I, I wonder if they used analog coloring instead of digital coloring for this. Uh, although they probably been using analog coloring for all of this right now. I don't know. But, uh, but yeah, the facial expressions are really good. There's one particular, like every, everything is kind of you know, in that 90s style. Like hyena is very furry because he's got kind of the saber tooth look and you see a lot of different, you know, pieces of hair and fur coming off and the faces are it's all also ex- got a thousand muscles. <laughs> yeah. The, the faces are all extra detailed, especially dark claws, <laughs> dumb mask. If Look up amalgam dark claw. If you want to have a, a little chuckle, it is basically imagine Wolverine's mask. But you know how Wolverine has the two kind of kind of like fins coming up. Imagine those are bat wings. For some reason, I don't know, whatever. Um, it's great. It's super, great. I love it. Super, super soldier. Uh, basically, super soldier basically looks like Captain America with blonde hair, but his shield is a Superman shield. And I don't really it's not that clever. Captain of America a, has blonde hair. I mean, with blonde hair showing. I should say. Oh, oh, yeah. He does not have the full cow. It's it's cut off like 90 Cyclops was. Yeah. Um, but at the, at the but hair. but his shield is just a Superman symbol. And that's the only change they made. It's it's not it's not great. Um, and no little wings either. So I guess it's, that's... it still it still looks pretty fun. Uh, the rest of this is a lot of gobbledygook about the universe and apparently access had basically put shards of each universe within captain america and batman so that he could because he somehow knew that this was going to happen that this amalgam universe was going to happen he's still in the same alley this entire time and he's able to basically reattune and separate the universes and you you get kind of a a a lot of characters are are kind of finishing off their business for whatever reason the <laughs> mole man is still in the bat cave and superman and mole hulk moment in the back woman in the bat cave is one of my favorite things because the hulk literally flips a coin as he knocks the giant penny over to crush a bunch of mole men squash all the mole men yeah which was very very good to me uh, 
and and yeah we, so he separates universes and separates the brothers the universes are still somehow like sort of still combined you still have well, moments happening where like we, harry we all, white and jjj are confronting kingpin we we also learned that the reason that they were ever merged together was because uh 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 the the uh, the the triumvirate what is his name i never remember the specter and the other one living tri- the leaving tribunal the the specter and the living tribunal forced that to happen in order to save the universes or some portion of the universes which good job guys but but access figures out that that didn't need to happen like he undoes it and then of course he takes batman and captain america to watch these two gigantic beings battle each other and it's kind of a cool fight because they're two gigantic, huge things that are causing like supernovas and planets to destroy and all of that. It's really neat. But. uh And there's a whole thing with Thanos. And and Dar- you- there's a whole thing with Thanos and Darkseid, which is a payoff of something that happened in Amalgam that that I kind of skipped through that. uh Because I had to you know, we didn't read that. So uh, uh I don't want to I want to get to the end of this, but I have to say one. There's a bunch of stuff that happens in the real world as all the heroes kind of gather together to fight all the bad guys. And it's kind of neat to see like it's very fun to to see, you know, Wolverine go up against uh, to go up against Darkseid and Lobo joining in and and Thor drops Mjolnir. (laughs) And. Like, he had already, I think I think he'd already dropped it and Diana gave it back to him. Well, it's it's uh, my hammer where? And then Wonder Woman's like here. <laughs> and he's like here. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> and uh, it's and he looks at the hammer's like, oh, how did that happen? It's 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 a cheesy moment. And uh, it, it I know if you want a cheesy moment that that actually works is both both uh cosmic brothers looking at the origins of each other's universe looking at each other and speaking for the first time in eon saying you've done well i actually really like that payoff well so you're skipping over why that happens miles you're skipping over why that happens because it's nonsense as to why that happens oh, i like it though i like why it happens because <laughs> batman and captain america are because because access tells them that what is happening is not a physical fight. It's on a mental plane. And so Batman right. and Captain America realize, well, if this is on a mental plane, this is what we can do. And they basically just start talking and yelling and thinking all of these things. And, and yeah. as, and and as part I of this, very awesome. they, 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 they do their very best. And as part of this, they both give their lives in the fight between these two brothers to try to stop the brothers from fighting. And in that moment, the brothers look at the sacrifices of these two people and see that, you know, in, in, and they got this panel that's all about Batman and how he was a, a child that, that saw his parents gunned down and he swore himself to devote his life to protecting others. And he became one among many, but remained forever unique which is such an interesting like phrase. And then, and then then, I love that. And then you see, you see Captain America and you see uh, a young man who was weak of, who was weak of flesh, but strong in spirit and who subjected himself to a treatment to fight evil. And he became one among many, but remained forever unique. And in that moment, the two brothers stopped fighting and they speak. You've done well. And I actually it's like that. I like great. that a lot. I, I, I do like that. I I wish, I, like I said, I really wish this was a longer series because I think I think fans were were not given the. Or I, I'm sorry, the, the battles were not given the justice that they they were due. And I think as a, as a result, the fans kind of paid the price for that because well, I do think for only having four issues with what they did, I think they did a pretty good job. I I wish that we had gotten 
a little bit more. Yeah. And I this also because people don't believe me as much. They think I'm just oh, I'm just being selective in my memory. And because I talk about how in the 90s, uh, I thought the X, the the um, the X-Men were the, the best super team and that the Avengers were boring and lame and for old people. And and this actually proves my point, because only Captain America is really utilized. And, you know, who isn't seen, but for one single panel. That showcases the Avengers, Iron Man, Iron Man is not in this at all. Well, it, well, it's important to note to note in this when when they're doing these splash pages of Batman and the Justice League and Captain America and the Avengers, the versions of the characters that you see as part of this are the classic versions. It's Hal Jordan. It's it's Barry Allen. It's it's sure. it's classic 60s Thor. It's 60s Iron Man. It's not. No, I'm, I'm, it's it, not it, the it way that they, the fact that. that- Iron Man was not a big deal at this time. Oh, no, he he shows up. He, he does show up in Amalgam as Iron Lantern, which I think is kind of a cool. No, he take. shows up. No, no, he shows up as an Amalgam. But if he were as iconic then as he is now, he would have been featured in the in a fight. Uh, surely sooner than Electra. Oh, for sure. Like that. that that's one of those <laughs> things where where. Robert Downey Jr. made Iron Man a household name. That is that is an absolute yes. truth that cannot be argued. Iron Man was a character. I, I he had he had cool arcs. He was a part of things. He was a big part of yes. this. Like even even on this show that we have talked about comics that took place before the Iron Man movie came out. He was a huge part of the Marvel universe. He was all over Civil War, the big Civil War comic book and, and all of the stuff that happened after that. But he wasn't in the nineties uh, people. I mean, again, if he was a big deal, he would be here. He'd had the whole demon in the bottle thing in the eighties. You know, that was a whole thing that had happened. He was, he was a prominent character, but he wasn't the X-Men. He wasn't Batman. He wasn't Spider-Man. He is now Listen, Shazam was here and Iron Man was not. That tells you how different that, the times were. That is <laughs> supremely telling and you know i mean that's just it's just a difference of the time because it's like 2009 was 11 years ago now and that's when iron man came out right <laughs> it was 2009 or was, 2008, 2000, yeah. it was 2008 so Eight. it's 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 been it's been long enough now that it's hard to remember that that iron man was not a major player in things but he just really wasn't at this point and yeah and also, and i mean but, but also characters like Electra were and Storm was, you know, this is this is stuff that, that things things change on both sides. It's always been a big deal. Yeah. Uh, I mean, this Aquaman has long hair and a hook hand, and that's not how Aquaman looks right now. I- I'm surprised that they haven't made a comic Aquaman look like Jason Momoa, but they haven't done that yet, and they may never do that, but we'll see. <laughs> yeah, I mean Aquaman's gone through through I remember he had like like that magic water hand for a while um that was pretty cool um but uh, and i say, I will large, say the the most the most telling thing and i'm sorry to cut you off miles the most telling thing about the entirety of this book is really the last panel one of the last panels uh uh last pages where you see kind of all of the heroes reflecting on what they've done and you see superman uh, with his hair flowing in the wind as he stands on the 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 Daily Planet building. You've got Spider-Man standing on the Daily Bugle building. You've got Jubilee shedding a tear because she probably misses Tim Drake. And you've got Robin. That's exactly what it was. <laughs> you've got, you've got also Al- looking Al- sad. Al- Alfred, Alfred, Robin looking sad and Alfred trying to cheer him up. And you've got uh, uh, Wonder Woman looking longingly. And you've got Aquaman and Namor in their respective kingdoms. And you've got Batman and Captain America kind of looking down and they likely remember more than everybody else about this. And you've got Thor. Thor, who has finally found a full shirt, ready to wear a full shirt for the future. (laughs) 
It's great. Um, <laughs> but, I, I hope I, that landed I, for the listening audience because it definitely didn't land for Miles. <laughs> <laughs> and meanwhile, I, I, and meanwhile, I, I, access uh, access uh, it goes into some other universes. Pops at the off end, into whoever, whatever universes. that means. <laughs> yeah, the the access portion of it, I think, was the weakest weakest stuff. Um, and. Again, I've said this a number of times. This this should have been a longer miniseries. But for such a monumental series, I mean, this is the first time that you had a full it's the only time I think you had a full on universal crossover between two full universes. This wasn't just like, you know. Spider-Geddon, where you have a multiverse of Spider-Man or trying to think of a dc equivalent and i'm drawing a blank some some multiversal thing where a I bunch mean, of elseworlds no, characters get uh, together uh, uh, miles it's literally called multiversity written by grant morrison <laughs> yeah that yeah there you go um that's true uh, but this is this is the first time you have a full-on universal crossover between still the two biggest company uh, comic book companies in in the history of the medium and it's a bummer that, you know, while you still had crossovers throughout the 90s and the first couple years of the new century, uh, the 2003, I think, when it was JLA Avengers, that was the last time these two companies got together. And and really, I don't think Marvel's really done much since New Avengers Transformers. Uh, DC has been much more willing to do fun little crossovers i mean marvel Um, or keep in mind marvel has in the meantime since been bought by disney and disney ain't well i say disney ain't about that but they've got star wars books under boom so i don't know yeah i i understand who (laughs) who owns marvel i i think i think recently this year uh there was a book called deadpool samurai that had a cameo from all might from my hero academia and and there was that one single issue where invincible from image comics crossed over with spider-man there was that that single issue if you (laughs) if you want if you want to consider fortnite cross marvel uh you can i guess honest but fortnite's also crossed over with dc is fortnite the next ground for the amalgam universe Miles, I think we figured it out. Oh, boy. We'll talk about this (laughs) next week on The More You Nerd. (laughs) Yes, next week we will be doing our our, 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 pitch or two uh, for what we would do for a Marvel DC crossover. And and, and Drew, I I want to tell you that you can do anything because there have been crossovers that take place in the Elseworlds. There's a Captain America Batman crossover that takes place during World War II. I'm I'm into that. So you can you can seriously do anything you want. Uh, some of my favorites, I think the uh, the Batman Tarzan one kind of had a TAS kind of feel where it felt like the 20s. Um, so there's a lot of cool things that you can do. You don't have to, but I know how you like to to play with different stuff too. So Elseworlds is completely open. I, I I love that. And it may alter a little bit what of what, what I've got cooking up right now, but I'm I'm pretty pleased with where I am in and and where this is going. Um might surprise you. I don't know. Probably won't, but we'll see. Cause Or if it's Avengers Star Wars, I'm gonna smack you. No, it's not gonna be Avengers Star Wars, because that's that's owned by one company. They can do that. <laughs> they could. They probably will do that. <laughs> That's <but> true. <laughs> they'll do that within the next five years. <laughs> they've, they've held off before. And I will say, and because I, I will allow this, um, Alien and Predator are on the table because those used to cross over with both companies back in the day. And now Marvel owns them. So I will I will accept that as well. <laughs> the, the next Alien book comes out for Marvel tomorrow, I believe. So... <laughs> Oh, it should be the start of a new arc, isn't it? Uh, I think they're still wrapping up or, that first or arc. There's the finale. Uh, that Alien book has been excellent. I, I highly recommend you guys check it out. But yes, yeah, so Drew and I next week will be doing pitches, much like our Star Trek episode. 
um a while ago um and i i'm excited to to uh just hang out talk nerdy and 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 do some crossover funds uh in the meantime, I would love to hear pitches from you guys and gals and non-binary beans for what you would like in a Marvel DC crossover. What 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 characters would you like to see come together? It doesn't have to be some of the big ones. You could you could say, hey, I would love it if uh, Cassandra Kane and Kate Bishop just hung out one night and played private detective together like you you might love it if, you might love it if the polka dot man from uh from suicide squad well no that's suicide his, squad. Uh, i was gonna say got a got a bunch of lantern rings but that's all dc so never mind forget i said that moving on <laughs> but yeah so just, just if if you have a crossover that you would like to pitch uh by all means send it our way you can email us at the more you nerd at gmail.com you can tweet to us at the more you nerd you can go to facebook.com slash the more you nerd and you can buy our merch at the more you nerd.threadless.com that's the more you nerd.threadless.com so until next time drew we're gonna end this show as we always do with a rousing nerd, nerd. Out. Out.